Welcome to Storygram Talk with Kristen and Bridget. This is a show designed to reach out to the Bookstagram community in order to educate, entertain, inform, and simply enjoy all things book-related. Hi, I'm Kristen from My Friends Are Fiction. And I'm Bridget from Dark Fairy Tales. Together we own Storygram. Hey everybody, today we are talking to Becky Wallace, who is the author of the Story Spinner series and Stilling Home, which is coming out in July. We're going to ask her a few interview questions and we're going to get started. Okay, so I want you to kind of pitch your book to us just so we can kind of tell people about what Stilling Home is about. So Stealing Home is about a seven-year-old girl who loves working for her family's minor league baseball team and is terrified that her mom is going to sell it. And so she is willing to go to any lengths to save her dream and to follow her dad's footsteps to be one of the first female general managers in minor league baseball. It was so cute, by the way. Thank you. And then releases on July 9th? July 9th, yes. yes. And you have a pre-order campaign going, correct? I, yes, and I ha- I ordered more wrap bracelets. So if you guys want a wrap bracelet to go along with it's really cute with little baseball charms and, I mean then there's bookmarks and other fun things but you know the bracelet's kind of like the best part before you got an agent how many books had you written in full so I was actually really lucky um I got an agent with my very first book but it did not sell and then the book after that didn't sell and then the book after that didn't sell and then finally, we sold Story Spinner. So I have written a total of 10 complete manuscripts. And I have, well, I will soon have three published books. And then hope the next September, a year from September, actually, I will have my fourth published book. So it's been a long, a long journey. Did you always want to be an author? Um, according to my mom, I did. I don't actually remember that, but apparently when I was in second grade and they asked you what you want to do when you grow up, I said, I'm going to write books. But I remember when I was in my twenties, realizing that authors weren't old men who smoked cigars and had cats, that authors were people that, you know, people like you and me, people who had kids and careers. And I feel like if, if I would have come to that knowledge sooner, that maybe I would have started writing earlier in my life. Um, I did write my very first contemporary romance in seventh grade. It was about a girl named Becky and a boy named Matt. And strangely enough, the character looked like me. And strangely enough, there was a boy named Matt in ninth grade. So maybe I had a crush on him. I don't know. And that, my, we, passed, we passed around like a notebook of my stories to my friends. And they're like, oh my gosh, it's so funny. What if you really went to San Francisco with Matt? Yeah, because, you know, 12 and 14 year olds go to San Francisco by themselves. But whatever, it was it was what the, what was what the story was about. So I guess I've come full circle and finally have written a contemporary romance. Awesome. Um, So you first wrote fantasy. How is writing contemporary different for you? Contemporary hurts less. And I know that's going to sound really strange. But when you're building fantasy, you have to create rules for a world. And when you create rules for a world, you have to create, you're building a world from, from literally the ground up. When I say, when I say contemporary hurts less, it means that it doesn't require quite as much of my soul when I write contemporary, because I don't have to invent new places and new rules and new laws and new magic systems. Whereas I'm just building characters. And um, I think that's one of the reasons I actually really enjoy writing contemporary because I get to put so much more focus 
on building those characters instead of trying to build laces and and magic that makes total sense though like i think that's the same with reading it though is when you're reading a contemporary book it's easier to just kind of breeze through the story and then just enjoy what you're reading versus like when you read a fantasy you're just like okay what just happened where are they at like you have to try and pay more attention and depict more where you're at and I think sometimes I mean it's great I love fantasy but at times it can be a little daunting too oh it's true and I feel like sometimes when you write you get so so into what you're doing that you're that you block out the world and you can't escape from you really can't escape from what you're doing and it becomes I mean your your creative well becomes gets empty so fast and I find that when I write contemporary my creative well stays fuller longer and I feel like I can actually, I can write more because I have to, that's going to sound bad, but it, it feels like I have to think less. And it's because I'm just telling stories about things that could, you know, potentially happen or places that I've been. And so I feel like I can also, I also draft contemporary so much back than I draft fantasy. So I started Stealing Home five, six years ago, and then it just sat forever because I couldn't figure out a really good plot to, to get the contemporary story moving. But then when I finally sat down, I finished the story in six weeks. So it, I mean, whereas when I, when I draft fantasy, we're looking at six to nine months for a first draft. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a different time commitment. Uh, but the thing is, is, I don't enjoy, I don't enjoy either more than the other. Like there are things that I love so much about fantasy and there are things that I love so much about contemporary. So it's, it's nice that I'm able to kind of go back and forth right now. Are you working on another fantasy? I'm always working on another fantasy. I'm actually, I'm working on a fantasy and a sci-fi. And then I just finished another contemporary. And, and then I have another idea for another contemporary. So I've always got several things going at once. It's sort of like, you know, I've got five pots marinating and which one's going to boil first. That's the one I'm going to pay attention to. So, you know, we're just waiting to see what's going to be next. And also what my publisher and my agents are going to re- require next, I guess. Do you write every single day? I'm supposed to. So in my head, I love to write a thousand words every day, but realistically I have four kids and they're home for the summer and it's not, it's not something that I can, I can really do. When I do write, I try to write um, in 25 minute blocks. So I set a timer and I turn off my phone and I turn on, I literally the greatest showman. That's like been the thing lately. I just turn on the greatest showman and I listen to the soundtrack until it ends. And that's, kind of how I just nail down my writing time but I I just don't have time to write every day I wish I did actually one of the questions is that how do you balance writing and being a mom I don't I don't think there's any such thing as balance um I totally true I do really good at like one thing at a time so um I just finished my far from normal that's gonna be my contemporary that comes out in September of 2020 I wrote it I wrote 57,000 words in 28 days, which even for me is like a lot. It's a lot. But my kids were in school for the majority of that. But I literally came out of my writing cave and I looked around and I was like, oh my gosh, my house is a disaster. Like there's dust on every, like how long have these shoes been in the entry? It was was almost like I had escaped into my writing world and had forgotten the real world world existed for 28 days. Um, Also, I think we ate a lot of pizza and probably a whole lot of macaroni and cheese. So I don't know that balance is, is achievable, but I try to, I try to work on it when I'm not so focused on getting things done. So, I mean, I I wish there was a secret. There's not. (laughs) 
I find that even like with our job that, cause I have four kids too and just trying to balance work and kids. And I'm just like, I, I try and I think I do okay, but I've, I've had to find, I've found that I have to have my kids help more like oh, now that they're older because I I can't do the laundry by myself. I can't do the dishes by myself. I can't. And so I've found that making my kids and asking my husband for help has been what has like saved me. Well, it's really hard to ask for help though. I, I, I mean, I love, I, I, I love to think I'm super independent and I can handle everything on my own. But I think, I think maybe that's the one thing that writing has taught me so much is that it, it's okay to need help sometimes. And I feel like my kids have learned a lot of responsibility which is maybe not such a bad thing. It's they not. Can, that they can, that, you know, that they can sort of fend for themselves. In fact, I was in a huge rush the other day, and I do a lot of. I, I use a lot of recipes from Our Best Bites, which is just this, which is a great cooking blog. And anyway, I was like, I, often I looked and I had started this whole process of breading chicken, like chicken tenders, and I looked up and I was like, oh my gosh, I have to be at gymnastics in ten minutes. And I looked at my two big kids, they're thirteen and eleven, and I was like, figure it out. Here's the, here's the rest of the book. And you know what? They did it. They breaded the chicken. They cooked it. They had it completely done by themselves. And they cleaned it up. And I I mean, it was such a good moment for me as a mom <laughs> to realize that, you know, I can give them more. I can give them more to do. And it saved, saved me. Yes. And I think it's just really <laughs> great for uh, children, too, to see their mom going after their dreams and doing something and starting their business and do, you know, I think it's just, it gives them the idea that, wow, I can do all these things too. And maybe the house might be a little messy one day, but you know what? Think of all the other things that we're doing and accomplishing the house will, that will deal with itself. Eventually it will be there waiting when you get time for it. It, The the dirt's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. It's true. (laughs) So I was going to ask if you, um, questions kind of about stealing home so are you a baseball fan if so which is your favorite team so I am a baseball fan and I love the Astros I, I I'm a Houston transplant we've been here for almost 15 years I guess but I love the Astros but before that I was a huge Yankees fan I worked I worked in sports marketing for a long time and I had to work with the Yankees and after having to work with the Yankees I stopped being the Yankees fan oh no and they they hung up on me a whole bunch. It's not very polite to be hung up on, I don't think. No. Have you? Do you oh. play any sports? I do not play sports. I I grew up as a dancer, but I love them. My my son plays, so I guess that's sort of you know good. Okay, so on that line, it says in your bio that you worked for a minor league baseball team. Did you include any of your personal experiences in the book? Oh, so, so, so many things. So I worked for the Provo Angels. They don't even exist anymore, but I worked for them for two years, my junior and senior year of college. And everything that happened in the story was, was really from a seed that was planted clear back when I was in college. We were super understaffed and I was still, I was working like 120 hours a week and it was it was insane. And so my family all pitched in to sort of help me survive my first summer in baseball. So my little sister, Lizzie, became my, she, we paid her, she actually was my only family member that was safe, but we paid her to be my assistant. And then we hired my brother to be our mascot. And he um, got paid $20 a game, like a ton, 20 whole bucks. He was 14. So it was great. And then my little sister, who was 11, 
she became like the in-stadium gopher. So I'd be like, oh my gosh, I need the flowers delivered to the lady in the third row. And and so she would run and get those things for me. We didn't have a team photographer. So my dad actually took the team photos that ended up on the baseball cards. And my mom was there. So she just, she would like set up tables or just all sorts of, I mean, it became such a family adventure. My family is really close, obviously. And I think we were even closer after that first summer. It was, it was such a good experience, but it, it really made me ask, like, what would happen if my family owned a minor league baseball team? What would this, what would it look like? And, you know, I poured so much of my heart and soul into making that little team run. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't even imagine how much more it would mean to me if I had actually owned the team. And that's really where Ryan's story started was, you know, here's this girl who's grown up literally at the baseball park and she's wanted nothing else her entire life except for to, to be a dad, to become the general manager. And when her parents divorce, her mom takes half the team there's a good chance that they could lose the team if her mom decides to sell it to someone else. And, you know, what lengths would I personally have gone to to save my team? So I took what that was and I and I wrote it into the story. So do you feel that Ryan is similar to you or opposite? What? She's probably the intense part of my personality. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, every, we all have different sides. Um, she's, she's really intense about what she wants to do and and how she wants to get things done. And I think that anyone probably in this, in the creative business has to have times where they're super intense. And so, you know, that's, that's who she is. I hope, I hope I have grown out of a lot of her behavior. Because <laughs> she is, she's 17. And it's a, it's a teenager, then it's written for teenage audiences. And, you know, so I hope that as people read that, they realize that, you know, she's 17, and she's still growing, and that I am no longer 17. And I hopefully have grown out of out of some of those things. <laughs> That's awesome. How do you come up with your character's name? So Ryan was really easy. I worked for a company in college and there was a guy who named his daughter McGuire after yeah, after Mark McGuire, the baseball player. And he called her Maggie. And I just remember thinking to myself, well, like, well, I'm going to name my kid after a baseball player. And so Ryan is actually named after Nolan Ryan, the great pitcher from Texas. And yes. You know, it just made sense that her parents would throw down the baseball thing. Make it I love that. <laughs> and then um, Sawyer, I actually asked Twitter. I was like, I need a boy's name that starts with an S. Sawyer, and Sawyer has a twin brother named Sterling. And Sterling is actually named for um, another author's son. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know that. Knows that. And that's, that's where the names came from. It just was, Sawyer was so random. It just seemed like a really good Southern boy name. I, lo I love that name. And um, I have a Sterling. So oh, there you go. Yeah, Sterling's a great name. Um, so actually, I really loved how Sawyer was chill, like down to earth kind of boy, even though he's like this huge superstar. Um, is he based off of someone you know in real life or is he a figment of your imagination? He's a combination of a lot of people. So like I said, I worked in minor league baseball. And that's that first year that I was there, we had a couple of real like deep south boys like boys that were southern to their soul and uh, like eight colored greens and they had like they had these thick accents in fact there was one whose his name was kj and his accent was so thick i remember like leaning close and being like i'm sorry are we speaking the same english like this is new english to me and they, they even cursed like their swear words were even accented it was so funny to listen to, to these boys talk and so i and so I took, you know, several of those characters and, and mixed them together. And then, you know, I really wanted, I really wanted him to be 
a stereotypical. A lot of times when you see professional athletes, they're such jerks in real life. And I would say that, you know, of the 40 guys that worked through our minor league baseball team, there were probably five that were total tools. And then the others were really good guys. And so I felt like I needed to give, I'll give a little bit of space to those real young men who, who played for our team who were really just, you know, down to earth and good humans. Uh, do you think it's easier to write romantic scenes or more action-y type? I'm going to go with the romance scenes. I think they're, I don't know if, I, I once said, like, I should write a book with, with just nothing but first kisses. Because those are my favorite things to write. Like, the tension that leads up to the kiss. Or, like, just the way, like, the hand brushes. Or, like, the cupping of the cheek. Or, you know what I mean? Like, fingers at the back of your neck. Like, those are all the things that I I just really love. And there are things that, like, I'll go through other authors' books and pick out and be like, ooh, I love, like, I love the idea of that concept of, like, the hand at the back of your shoulder. Or just, anyway, so I think that's probably easier for me. The problem is, is you have to write them new every time you write a kissing scene. Whereas the action scenes, they play, you know, they play into themselves. You, you know where the, where the scene has to go. And so the action scene develops naturally. Whereas a kissing scene is a kissing scene. And you have to find a, a way to write it new every single time. It's true. I didn't think about that. That does make <laughs> it, like, you kind of run out of ideas after a while. It's like, how, how, how many different ways can I describe a kiss? <laughs> <laughs> right? And I have, I have two friends who read for me. And they both hate the word tongue. And so <laughs> when I write kissing scenes, I have to like try really hard and be like, I cannot use the word tongue because it offends people. So I'm trying, you know, like there are just certain words that, that just gross people out. Moist. Um, yes. <laughs> these are words that are not allowed in kissing scenes. So I've had to learn how to edit around them. Do you uh, plot your stories far in advance or do you kind of let the characters drive things? I use what I call the DVD plotting method. So when you turn on a DVD and it gives you an option for like the scene selections, I have like big, bold bullet point scenes. And that's sort of how I write my synopsis. I have a beginning, I have a middle, I have an end. I have like 10 scenes in between. And then I just write from scene to scene. When I'm, I, this is the first time I've ever got gotten to write under contract. So when I wrote my new book, Far From Normal, I had a full synopsis. And I found that actually sticking to the synopsis was a lot harder than I thought it would be, but it does make the writing really fast. So, I mean, there are, there are pros and cons to both sides, but I feel like when I plot everything out completely, I don't get the opportunity to learn my characters as well. I mean, as I develop them, I'm probably getting to know them and what their tics are going to be and what their habits are. And for me, I feel like character really drives the plot. So if you don't know your characters, then it's, it's harder to know exactly where your plot's going to go. So I don't know. I guess I'm sort of a planter, a little bit of a cross between a planter and a I like that. <laughs> if you could live a day of one of your characters in either or any of the books you've written, who would it be and why? That's a really good question. I definitely think it would have to. I like bathrooms and I like running water. Those are good things to me. So I would have to say I would choose Ryan's life just like just simply for the sheer convenience of things. Also, I mean, how awesome would it be to just, just to go and to sit at a baseball game and, and enjoy a hot, like you can even enjoy a hot dog. I mean, there's a lot of running around that she has to do, but I, I really did love that period of my life so much. And I think it would be fun to relive it for one day, but maybe in a 17 year old body instead of like an old body. <laughs> yeah, I could totally see that. How old were you when you did the baseball thing? So uh, I was 20 and 21. Did you date any baseball players? I 
probably did, actually. <laughs> so you broke Ryan's cardinal rule? I really, really did. I did, actually. And my sister, who was my assistant, broke it several times. So it wasn't just me. It was like a family thing. She's going to probably kill me for that. But that's okay. <laughs> that's awesome. I love it. <laughs> okay. This or that. Okay. Tea, coffee, or hot chocolate? Hot chocolate. Ebook, paperback, or hardcover? Oh, ebook. I'm sorry, it's horrible. No, why is that horrible? Because I feel like, like uh, Victoria Schwab said it best. She calls her she calls her Kindle Judas because she feels like she's a traitor to all things print book industry. But it's so convenient. It is. It fits in your purse, and you have all of them right there. So mm-hmm. I love ebooks. I've also found that I read ebooks faster than hardcovers or paperbacks. Well, and I, I give them to myself as a treat so that, like, when I'm on the elliptical, I'm like, I'm reading on the elliptical. Look at me. I'm doing two things at once. Whereas it's way, it's so much harder to hold, like, a 500 pound. Or 500 right. Pound and trying to switch book. pages. Like, yeah. I can't do that as well. Bad boy, nerdy boy, or sweet boy? Oh. <laughs> um, can I have a combination? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, hard on the outside, soft in the middle. There you go. Book, TV show, or movie? Book. That one was easy. (laughs) That one's usually most people say book. Okay, so the quick fire questions. Your favorite food? Chocolate. Your dream vacation? I want to go to Croatia, actually. That's awesome. Uh, Your favorite genre to read? Fantasy. Fantasy, I think. Okay, your Hogwarts house? I am a Hufflepuff all the way. That's Kristen. I'm actually a uh, Gryffindor slash Hufflepuff. Uh, your favorite TV show? Dancing with the Stars. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. And if you have any questions or comments, you can head over to storygramtalk.com. There's a form you can fill out and um, hit us up if you have any suggestions on podcasts you want us to do or anything else you want to talk to us about. Just let us know. Thanks for